0: Welcome to the Sons of Thunder, presented by the Think Institute. I'm Joel Sedeckes, founder of the Institute. And I'm Parker Sedeckes, master student at Trinity Evangelical
1: Divinity School. And this is a show where we wrestle through the tough questions that everyone wants to know and no one's talking about.
0: So what's up, man? How you doing?
1: I'm doing real well. Yeah, I'm busy, but uh, it's good, man. How are you doing? How was uh, anything, anything new with you?
0: Uh, well, yeah, for the last week or so, Lucas has been home from the hospital Oh, it's awesome. Dude, it's amazing. You, you just never know how much you miss having your kids around until they're all around and you realize how <laughs> awesome it is.
1: Bunch of little yous running around. Concentrated yous. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, well, he, you know, with Lucas, you know that Lucas loves you if he is trying to chop, <laughs> kick, that's right. or punch you in the face. Yeah. And he has, he legitimately, he's getting stronger now.
1: Yeah, he really loves me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because your uncle's stinky feet.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Um so uh yeah, so what's going on with you? Like how's how's life? Uh how's Jules? Yeah.
1: Uh life's great. My wife, Jules, is busy, man. We've been we've been really busy. Oh yeah? Yeah. Uh she her job is is, is awesome, but she's she's super busy. I'm super busy with, with classes right now too.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you uh, what are you studying these days?
1: Yeah, so uh, particularly, I'm really excited about a paper that I'm working on for my class, Religion in the Modern World, which is a upper level master's kind of lower level PhD class. Okay, okay. And uh, I'm going to be writing a paper on, on Jordan Peterson.
0: Jordan Peterson. That's right. All right, all right. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk about Jordan Peterson. Uh, let's let's uh, because you've done some research on him. Yeah, a little right? bit here and there. And um, I've you know been interested in his work for. Uh, a while now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> long time, really. Yeah, yeah, sure. probably probably longer than you actually. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't, I
1: don't know, I don't um, know.
0: Well, that that's a that's
1: a ongoing uh, joke of running. Jo- it's I've listened to Jordan Peterson since the beginning. It's kind of a hipstery move. Yeah, right? totally uh, about the intellectual dark web. Yeah,
0: I knew about Jordan Peterson before he was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I listened to Jordan Peterson when he was still Carl Jung.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're we're gonna have to talk about Carl Jung and right. who that we'll is and, into that. and how. Maybe. How uh, J- Jordan Peterson has been influenced by him. Yeah. Um. But just really quick, who is Jordan Peterson, and why are we talking about him? Yeah.
1: So Jordan Peterson, most of you will know about him. Um. He kind of came to prominence through a uh, dust up about uh, free speech and uh, pronouns and the government telling you what you should say. Um. In Canada. So he was a clinical psychologist and also a professor. Uh, at the University of Toronto, and um, he got in trouble because he was willing to use people's pronouns, different pronouns that they preferred, but did not like when the government uh, was writing legislation um, to compel you to say certain things. Uh, Whether There's also debate on whether the government was actually doing that or not, but nonetheless, he became very popular, and then his thought became popular,
0: and here we are today talking about him. All right, so he started out as kind of a free speech advocate. Right. And someone very much opposed to the government setting those kind of policies. Yeah. And today his work has expanded beyond that. You mentioned his thought has gotten popular. What sort of thoughts that he has have become popular?
1: Yeah, so um, he comes at theology... From a psychological perspective, that's that's what he always claims, and that's what he actually does too. But uh, this idea of archetypes, which are these kind of meta stories that are passed on through generations and uh, in in lots of different stories, about uh, so so he'll do these kind of analysis analyses of various popular stories like Disney stories as well. And it's really fun to kind of think through. Uh, oh wow, that's there's a reason that story is so popular and resonates with so many people.
0: Yeah, it's like he rose to prominence over this whole free speech dust up, as you put it. And then people started listening to him and they started to realize, oh, he's actually got some pretty compelling things to say here. Right. I never thought about Cinderella as being about the two halves of the psyche, you know, right, and, right, right. and, you know, the, the masculine represents this part of the psyche and the feminine represents that part of the psyche. Yeah. And, or, I mean, or Pinocchio going to save your father from the underworld kind of motifs that kind of
1: resonate throughout. And they're not just a, a, a fun little kid story.
0: Right so he's got these ideas they're popular mm-hmm. but his popularity is kind of very unexpected I mean people are watching his YouTube lectures right these hour and a half long lectures where he's talking about psychology right why is he so popular yeah well so when when he first when I first was
1: introduced to him I was introduced to him by some Canadian apologist friends of mine who invited me to like this Facebook group called Supporting Jordan Peterson. And there was only a few people that were liking at that point. And I, I had a pretty visceral reaction to him at first because I heard some of his lectures as a, a liberal theologian who was just trying to, uh, you know, denigrate Christian theology. And so I was like, man, this guy is just a liberal. Why Why are you supporting this guy? And, and my friends uh, sent me a private message saying, hey, dude, uh, yeah, it's not quite like that. It's, it's kind of a free speech thing.
0: Okay, so what is his central message? Is it just about free speech? Is it is it is it, a, is it about the Disney movies? What's the central message that is drawing people in, especially these young men, because he's very popular with young men. What message is he bringing that is drawing all these young men and women to him to want to listen to these lectures?
1: Yeah, uh, well, so one of his big messages, uh, he doesn't mention it as much anymore, but it, that one of the big motifs he kept on bringing up again and again, very, uh, very intellectual. It was clean your room, or just clean your room. A hilarious, right? A hilarious to think of someone saying that. But people were like, "Wow, maybe if I clean my room, I can order the chaos of my existence, and uh, you know, face the dragon of chaos." Right. And they would clean their room, and they <laughs> realized, "Hey, I actually feel like I'm a little bit more in control of my life." And they they'd start filling out job applications, and they'd start actually taking their, their life uh, in their hands and growing up a little bit, being responsible.
0: Right, so a lot of the videos and interviews that he's done over the last year have been in promotion of his book, 12 Rules for Life. And I think it's the first rule in his book is stand up straight with your shoulders back. Right. So he's calling young men especially, and young ladies, but yeah, it especially resonates with young men, to take responsibility for their life, to take control of their life, to have some self-respect. Right. And in a lot of ways, he's functioning as kind of a father figure for this generation, isn't he? Yeah, and he says, take up a a burden um,
1: in a a good way. Have some responsibility. And responsibility is a good thing. And he continually talks about how men today, especially uh, the men who are drawn to him, are men who want responsibility, who want direction and purpose in their lives.
0: All right. Now... He has been popular in certain segments of the population. He's also drawn a lot of criticism, a lot of even condemnation mm-hmm. for some of the things that he said. And so any of his videos that are going to be online, there's there's going to be a lot of, uh, if you look in the comment section, which I never recommend, but there's going to be a lot of uh, debate and a lot of uh, back and forth between those who love him and those who have a, a more visceral reaction and really kind of hate him. But I think that we can recognize that some of his work has been very positive. So you're doing all this research on him Park. What are some of the positive things about his messaging? What is he bringing to the table that is valuable? and that as we as Christians, um we can, you know, sort of mine, we can we can take, we can uh, uh, appreciate. And you know, let's let's really answer this question. How should we as Christians think about? Jordan Peterson. So what are some of the positive things about his work?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be pulling from uh, a book review that I wrote of his book, 12 Rules for Life, and uh, give you some some meat to eat. And then uh, later, I think we can talk about some bones that we need to spit out.
0: What, what is that metaphor?
1: Yeah, that's a metaphor that I, I like to live, live by. As you're reading, uh, anyone that's, that's not the Bible, if you're a Christian man, there's going to be some meat to eat, Right? There's going to be some good things that you can appropriate, that you can chew on, that, you, that can nourish you. But then there's going to be some bones that you're going to have to spit out. Okay. And so some meat to eat, some things that you can uh, enjoy about Jordan Peterson is his style. He's um, for, for his deep uh, thoughts, as deep as he gets in psychology and some philosophy and even theology, um, he talks at a level that you can understand. He brings things down to you. He explains things very well. It's uh, he doesn't he doesn't use lecture notes.
0: Sorry, my nineteen eighty seven Casio watch was uh, was alarming, but uh, nothing to be alarmed about. Continues. <laughs> um,
1: another thing is his uh, tireless exhortation towards personal responsibility. Uh, he reminds his listeners um, that some of their problems, a lot of their problems, are are quite possibly their own fault, hmm. which is kind of rare to hear today, right? You're, you're a victim. This has happened to you. And this, well, Hey, he says, of course you're a victim. We're all victims, right? Mm. We all have all this, all these things wrong with us. It's amazing that any of us do anything ever, <laughs> but, <laughs> right, right, right. But, but take up yeah. that burden. He, yeah, he's got some really hilarious things to say about that. As That's well. good. Um, another cool thing that he does, he traces common threads or archetypes through lots of different stories. As we said earlier, um, when you say archetype, park on that for a second. What is an archetype? Yeah. Um, that's kind of a hard thing to get into actually, cause there's different views on archetypes, but he, he takes this idea from Carl Jung. Um, who was, he was a, uh, he was the opposite of, um, Freud, Freud, right. Mm-hmm. And, and America didn't really accept him. We kind of went with Freud and so he's a psychologist, right.
0: Psychologist from the early, early 1900s. 1900s I yeah.
1: Yeah. And, um, so we talked about these archetypes that, that kind of, um, transcend different stories and, uh, are, are foundations
0: for our, our view of meaning. And so life. these are concepts, these are themes, these are sort of um, prototypical ideas that are that fully express an idea that we see expressed throughout a bunch of different... So, right, like... like, yeah, like they, I go,
1: h- they go ringing through all of our other stories.
0: Right. right, so the idea of the prince saving the princess is kind of an archetype. You see that expressed in many different stories. Right, right. And, and Jordan Peterson kind of takes that... Um, and brings that more
1: to like a biological level and says it's it's you know hardwired into our into our DNA into our genes and and that that might be a, a bone to spit but it's it's really fun to listen to him talk about stories like Lord of the Rings and your favorite Disney movies uh, as he it, it it's exhilarating as he analyzes some of the best stories ever written and he explains why they are classics mm. uh, because they they tap into some kind of archetypal story theme that's
0: important to humanity. So the idea is. According to Peterson, we are hardwired with these ideas in in our sort of collective consciousness, which is why they keep coming up in our various forms of storytelling, and why those stories that really express that those ideas well, those are some of our most popular stories that we consider to be classics. Right? Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. And so um, another
1: another thing to appropriate another piece of meat to enjoy is Peterson's emphasis on order and chaos. And, uh, that can be taken in this kind of dualistic new agey kind of manner. And in that case, it'd, it'd probably be a bone to spit, but taken in a more biblical way, uh, order and chaos can be interpreted as, you know, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man and chaos being taken as sin, which, which the Bible calls lawlessness. Hmm. Right. And so there's this kind of eternal struggle, um, not in a dualistic sense, like we know the end of the story that, that God wins,
0: but right. It's not like, in the biblical worldview, it's not like good and evil are two equal opposite forces where um, it's like the zero sum game. Whereas if if good is doing well, then evil is on the retreat, and if evil is doing well, then good is on the retreat, and in the end, they're just these two equal. Forces. In the biblical worldview, good is the standard, good is the objective, and evil is the negation of that or the opposition to that. And in the end, good is more powerful, God is more powerful, God wins, evil loses, Satan loses. So it sounds like Peterson is tapping into something there the the reality of good and evil, the reality of order and chaos. Um, Of course, we know as Christians, God is the God who brings order out of chaos. We learned that in Genesis chapter one. So there's something sort of primeval and and sort of proto biblical or sub biblical, but not that far off from the biblical truth. Is that right? Right. And it's interesting to, to ponder on that,
1: right? Is this, is this true? How do we think through this? It's, it's a really good conversation partner to be, to be thinking through, to be conversing with. Um, another thing is Peterson seems very intellectually honest. Um, just when you think you can nail him down as a complete union or just, a, a follower of, of Nietzsche or something like that, he'll, he'll break with those thinkers in, in very important ways. Um, another cool thing is he, he pits thinkers like Dostoevsky against Nietzsche and explains why he sides with one rather than the other. And it's really cool to, to hear some of these names that you learn in philosophy class, but, uh, you don't really hear mentioned that often anymore.
0: Right. So as a psychologist, he's sort of dipping his toe in the waters of philosophy, in the waters of theology. Um, I know one of your phrases that you use is he's playing in the theologian sandbox, right? He's playing in the philosopher's sandbox. And uh, so he is, his work has crossover into different areas, which kind of makes him more interesting, kind of makes him a little bit more appealing.
1: Right. Right. And I, I like the, uh, I like his ability to do that. I like that. He's, he's not scared to do that because mm. He could just as easily say, hey, you know what? I'm a psychologist. I'm staying in my lane. Uh, But it's more fun when you get outside of that and you you engage in different ideas.
0: Right. And there's something Christian-ish about that as well, because as Christians, we believe that uh, you might hear the phrase, all truth is God's truth. But ultimately, truth is going to have implications across all areas of life. And we don't really segment our lives like we've got the spiritual side over here, and then we've got the philosophy side over here, and then we've got the theology, and then there's a practical side of work. You know, as Christians, we do believe that the truth has implications for every area of life. And so there's something there, there's something aspirational there in the way that he does have crossover between these different disciplines. Even if everything he's saying is not truly biblical and even not necessarily true, which we're not talking about those things yet, but we'll get there. Right.
1: Um, another another thing to appropriate from Peterson is, hey, read the people that he reads. Uh, he's got some really like we just said in the previous one, it's really cool um, how he engages with philosophy and psychology. read the people read read Nietzsche, right? or Nietzsche. As he'll say, yeah, um,
0: yeah.
1: Read, read some of these Russians, man. He he always is quoting the Russians.
0: Oh, so he's a fan of Trump, I guess.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Trump, yeah, 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 Russians yeah. and no, collusion. You can't, you can't even joke about that
0: anymore. Collusion. Well, oh, I. Oh, are gonna are you be triggered? triggered? Yeah. They're gonna be <laughs> triggered. <laughs> uh, in the previous episode, we spoke about triggering. Go back yeah. and listen to that.
1: Um, and one last thing I'll mention that's that's really actually super interesting and cool that I don't hear a lot of people talking about. Um, it's called Price's Law, or it's also called the the Matthew Principle. It comes from, I believe it comes from Matthew 25, 29. And um, I think that's the parable of the um, talents, right? And to him who has, more will be given. And to him who doesn't have, even what he does have will be taken from him. And various thinkers in the history of, of Western thought have applied this rule to the universe. And, you know, I don't hear a lot of Christians talking about this. This is really interesting. You have more money, it's easier for you to make more money. Mm-hmm. If you're poor, it's really hard to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, you can have even more. Mm. It's it's like this principle that happens... Same thing with like stars, like the heavier they, You know what I mean? Like gravitational force. It's it's this weird principle throughout mm. reality. And I think there needs to be more conversation about that. I don't really know what to even... I don't have a great uh, way to package this for you oh, and say this is right or this is wrong. Right. It's, it seems like those who have... It's easier to get more. Yeah. And those who don't have, they're on this like downward spiral. Huh. Think about like when your day is going good and things get better and better and you have a little bit more confidence. Yeah. Right. And so then your interview goes well and this goes well, but one thing goes bad and then another thing goes bad and
0: your whole life is bad. (laughs) It's (laughs) Like like this, I I really don't know what to make of it. it. It's interesting though. Well, that is, that is interesting. Huh. I haven't heard about that, the Matthew Principle.
1: Yeah, Matthew Principle, or it's also called uh, Price's Law. Something mm. to, to Maybe we'll do a future
0: one on that. Interesting. Okay, mm. okay.
1: So now we'll move on to some bones to spit. Um, These are
0: those ideas that he has that, as Christians, we need to be cautious of, or flat-out reject. Right. So Peterson s- seems to label everyone who reads the Bible in any literal sense, the way that,
1: that you and I would do, mm-hmm. um, as, as just a fundamentalist. And we're just easily, you know... Uh, Cast aside. Oh, well, it's a fundamentalist. Right? A
0: fundamentalist in the worst possible way.
1: Right. As if, uh, you know, not, not intellectual, not um, not a serious thinker.
0: At not all. thoughtful. Sure. Right. Well, the, the whole motivation, one of the main motivations behind the Think Institute and the Think Podcast and Sons of Thunder is what we want to do is want to help Christians think thoughtfully about these different things that we believe uh, to avoid this sort of uh, thoughtless faith. I guess you could say, yeah. um, where we just blindly accept things because as Christians, we've had our eyes opened and right. and um, all truth is God's truth. So we can't think biblically about everything. And so, but that is one of the common criticisms about Christians is that we don't think, we don't, um, our minds are closed off to new information um, when in reality, um, you know, as Christians, we are supposed to be the most engaged thinkers of all because we believe we actually have a foundation for rational thought because we've been created by God. This is His world, and the laws of thought are His. And so as Christians, we're supposed to be thinking in cohesive ways about the world. And so that's definitely, if that's an area where Peterson um, would lump all Christians who think of the Bible as you know objectively, you know inerrant as fundamentalists, That's, that's a pretty big bone to spit, right? Because that's going to cut off. That's going to actually, that that could even potentially put a stumbling block in front of Christians who want to think critically about scripture while still accepting it as inerrant, meaning free from error and infallible, meaning uh, authoritative and uh, perfectly true in all areas of faith and practice. Yeah. And it it
1: even cuts off uh, potential conversation partners with him. Right? like you should probably talk to people who genuinely believe that it's true literally true that'd, that'd be an interesting conversation and um I haven't heard too many there's a there's a few conversations out there on YouTube but but not a ton and, and I think likely for the, for this reason
0: conversations between Peterson and people who literally believe the Bible who believe the right. Bible is actually a divine revelation right right well he had that conversation with William Lane Craig and that that other philosopher
1: sure. And their, their conversation wasn't around the Bible, even. Right. It was on meaning of life. Um, so uh, another bonus no! bit... No! Yeah. <laughs> I hope you, you understand that reference. Um, we're leaving it at that. We are not going to explain <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, another bonus bit would be Peterson is a self-identified pragmatist. Um, that's his, his theory of truth, is a, a pragmatist theory of truth. Truth is that which works. Um, very uh, ironically, he, as a Canadian, he's a very american um th- uh theory of of truth
0: that's right because pragmatism as a as an ethical theory anyway was started in the united states william james
1: yeah and um that's that's our great claim to fame as Americans. we get the <laughs> we get the pragmatist tradition great
0: yeah that and the prosperity gospel sure that, that's our major contribution yeah. to
1: uh theology so great um but <laughs> so this makes it really hard for for anyone to get a straight answer out of him Especially when it concerns uh, ultimate questions such as, hmm. you know, God. Do you believe in God? Right. Is there a God? Um, as a pragmatist, uh, he's tended to skirt questions about ultimate meaning, human dignity and value, truth. Um, and as far as I can tell, he's given plenty of examples of evil, but hasn't really sought to give us a definition of evil. Right. Right. We all kind of know what it is, and so let's just proceed on on that. And and that kind of shows that he's a psychologist doing. Some theology, doing some philosophy, but he's not quite a philosopher. He's not defining his terms. Um, but he's, he's a pragmatist. Wh- whatever works, well, let's run with that. Um, so it does make it pretty hard to, to nail him down, at, especially in, hey man, are, are you a Christian? Like, do you believe in God? And over and over, there's there's someone's cut some clips of him answering that question in various ways and saying, i don't like that question you know i'm annoyed by that questioner because who knows if your idea of god and my idea of god is the same or your view of belief is the same as my belief what do you mean by that um and he's kind of he's kind of grown on that question as well and and answering that so now if you ask him um, he might say well uh i act as if i believe that there's a god right and it's getting closer and some some people some christians really want to baptize jordan peterson because it's they have a hard time distinguishing someone that they like uh, as something that someone that doesn't believe exactly what they believe, right? And so I, th- I think it's okay to like Jordan Peterson and acknowledge that he's not actually a Christian, not not in in our sense.
0: Well, let's okay. We need to really qualify that statement sure. because you watch his videos, you listen to what he says, and it sounds like he's so close sometimes. But then when it comes to what it actually means to be a Christian, he's not there, is he? No. Well, so let's let's talk about that first. How would we know if he were a Christian? Because we're not going to sit here and say we can judge the man's soul. Sure. And yet, at the same time, there are some items of propositional truth. There are some things that you must believe in order to be a Christian. And according to Jesus, what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. So we can look at his words And we can see what he says that he believes. And based on those words, we can evaluate using scripture. Okay. Yeah. He's, he gets it or no, he doesn't. So how does he talk about when, what is, what does he view the gospel as being or or what's his view of the Christian way of life and the way of thought?
1: Yeah. So he'll,
0: um, and actually
1: a really interesting, another interesting point that he brings up is, Hey, uh, what do you know about what you believe? Right. Do, Do you, is, um, should we just believe you when you say you believe something or should we also test your your actions as well? What do you mean? He brings this up? Yeah. This is, this is something he talks about all the time. He's talked about this in his debates with Sam Harris, where he says, look, it's not so simple. You're not so, uh, um, you're not so easy to figure out. You don't even know yourself super well to know everything that you believe. Hmm. And so some level you do kind of have to look at at uh, your actions and so you hear pastors talk about this sometimes and they say hey do you really believe uh in missions yeah i really believe in missions mm. well does your money represent that right. have you ever given any money to missions right, right. Do you, um yeah i believe in jesus well do you ever share the gospel with people do you ever talk about jesus do you actually love him right so you can say all sorts of stuff and, I, and maybe even believe that you believe that mm-hmm. but do your actions show so in some level right. he's He's totally right about your actions mm-hmm. really showing what you
0: what you do believe. Well Jesus himself says if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Exactly. Actions speak louder than words. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. But so even judging Peterson
1: on his own criteria, right? His actions, um, well, speech are, are actions as well. And so we can look at his, his speech. We can look at what he says he believes, and we can look at how he acts that out. Um, but on his own admission you know, he, he's not a, a uh, he doesn't literally interpret scripture. He doesn't have room for divine revelation in the way that Christians believe in divine revelation, that that this is the word of God, an ontological being who created the heavens and the earth with a purpose of us knowing him, right? Um, so I want to quote Peterson himself instead of just completely speculating on, on what he has to say. Yeah. So uh, this comes from a YouTube video called um, Who Dares Say He Believe in God? And and really, this is a hour, 45-minute response to the question, Do you believe in God? And it's really good. He, he kind of meanders around again and again. Of and, course. And, and as he's wanting. It's really fun to listen to. I recommend you listen to it. But um, he, listen to Peterson in his own words. Um, here he, he quotes Jesus as saying, to the young ruler who comes up to him, you know, don't call me good. There's no one that's good but God. And know, right away, that's not what Jesus says. That's not a direct right? quote don't, from Jesus. Don't call me good. He says, he asks him, Why do you call me good? Right. And and maybe we're being pedantic here, but we're not being pedantic because that's a completely different statement. As a Christian, we we read that and we say, He's saying, Hey, look, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Look, and and if if I am good. Mm -hmm. And i'm god Mm -hmm. the next thing that I
0: say you'd better listen to right as a christian We look at that question when jesus says why do you call me good? And our answer is because you're god, right? Jesus is not closing that door. He's opening the door and inviting us to walk through it Right
1: and and you and I are, are presuppositionalists and and I interpret it presuppositionally He's he's getting at that. Look you call me good. No one is good, but god Are you calling me god if you're calling me god? then you'd better listen to what I say as if I'm God. Right. So Peterson, he, again, he's playing in the theologian sandbox, and I understand that he's coming at theology from a psychological perspective. But if you're going to be playing in our
0: sandbox, you really should quote it properly, right? Mm -hmm. You should get what we believe about this. Right. So that you can represent the idea as well. Exactly. Interact with them well. And um, evaluate them as correct or false. As they are on their own terms. Right. And so um, he does get a lot right.
1: But in this important aspect, he's he's missing it. And here's how it, it plays out. So he says, Jesus, uh, quoting Jesus, don't call me good. There's no one that's good but God. And then he goes on to say, and that's worth thinking about. You know, the one person that in principle in our ancient stories uh, that had the right to make some direct connection between himself and the divine was unwilling to do it. When he was challenged. And so it might be uh, reasonable to assume that each of us could be much more cautious about making that sort of statement blatantly when we're asked. And so he's referring to, he's kind of giving a justification for why he's so nuanced in his uh, response to the question, Do you believe in God? And he's using Jesus, uh, and he's saying that Jesus even said, You know, don't call me good, only God is good. Mm -hmm. And so he's kind of using a misquote of Jesus to justify his hesitancy to answer the question whether he believes in God or not.
0: Which, don't you just wish that there were a Christian there when he said that? A Christian who knew his Bible who could say, right. ah, Papa, That's not what Jesus right. is saying. Dr. Peterson, Jesus is saying that he is God. He's, right. But he's doing it in this really crafty, very wise way right. so that you come to your own conclusion. You know, Dr. Peterson, does that change your conclusion? Right. You see, Jesus actually is God and you need to stop flirting with this idea. Stop circling the drain and go all in because, you know, I mean, as someone who has, you know, putting my cards on the table, i benefited from his thoughts. Sure. I want him to know God in the way that I know God. Right. I want him to, to, you know, man, take your, take your thinking, take your nuance, take it all with you, but make that commitment to say, yes, I do believe in God. I do believe the gospel. Jesus is Lord of my life. And he's also the Lord of, my thinking. I mean, I want that. For yeah, them. right. And so um, at various times,
1: people try to pin him down on this. And I believe it was on uh, Stephen Crowder's show, Louder with Crowder, where they they really were asking him, hey, do you believe this? And when they finally pinned him down, he said something along the lines of, you know, I'm not willing to dispense with the idea of the eternal Logos as an ontological entity. It was so- something like that. And you think about that and you kind of go, oh, well, at least he's not Sam Harris saying there is no God. But then you, you also think about that as a
0: Christian and go, hey, that's not quite uh, a confession of faith. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, uh, uh, if you confess with your mouth the idea of the ontological logos right. uh, and believe in your heart that you're not willing to dispense with it, right. uh, you will be... In a muddled, uh, <laughs> nuanced version of pseudo-Christianity right. that really is no good to right. anyone.
1: Right. And it's not quite enough to say Christ is the archetypical, archetypal man. Like, we believe he is truly God and, and truly man.
0: Yes. And he is the archetypical man. To be fair, he's, he's uh, not only is he God in the flesh, he is the the best and greatest example of what it means to be a human being Amen. and also to be a man. Amen. And so, um, so why do we appreciate Peterson?
1: Well, um, you know, if, he, if he's not willing to make this statement of faith, why do we appreciate him? Well, I, I mentioned earlier about his intellectual honesty and it's actually interesting. You know, one of the reasons he gives for not, um, answering the question, who, you know why do you believe or, or uh, do you believe in God right. one of one of his reasons is that he's kind of scared to do it because he thinks that his he's not quite living up the ethical life required to admit that there is a God right and so he's even said again uh, paraphrasing him that you know he almost feels like a lightning bolt would strike him if he were to say that and and he even says rightly so because he's not in a position to make that kind of confession because he he knows that he's a, a sinner. So, so he even says, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not willing to say that I'm a, a believer in God because there's plenty wrong with me that needs to be fixed before I would dare utter words like that. And so, in a sense, you can see, hey, look, he, he kind of does have some, some reverence here, but it, it makes you think, hey, maybe he is taking this kind of seriously, but he clearly doesn't understand the gospel, right? Yeah. No, why not?
0: Why not? Be explicit. Well, well
1: so the gospel is not, hey, I need to clean myself up. Before ethically speaking, before I can even make a profession that I I believe God exists, mm. right? That's Aww. not the, the gospel. Is not hey, clean yourself up and then you earn the right to acknowledge me or you earn the right to have forgiveness.
0: Right. The gospel, the central message of Christianity, that all of Scripture revolves around, is that God is real, that God created everything good, that mankind has sinned, that the wages of sin is death, but that Jesus Christ perfectly fulfilled the law of God, uh, preparing himself to be the perfect sacrifice. And so taking that death upon himself, he atoned for the sins of all the people who would ever believe in him. And so now, oh, and then of course, he rose from the dead according to the scriptures. He died according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose according to the scriptures, meaning just as God had predicted that he would do. And now Jesus is above all creation. He is reigning. He he is the king at the right hand of the Father. And anyone who comes to Jesus prior to cleaning themselves up, right. prior to having all their ducks in a row, I mean, if you think you can come, if you think you can clean yourself up before you come to Jesus, you don't understand the gospel. Right. And it does seem like Peterson is still there. Right. Before, I mean, if that's the threshold though, he, he'll never come Right. And I think Jesus. that's something
1: that he should be, you know, well aware of. He knows people pretty well, you know. He's a he's been a clinical psychologist for a, a, a long time. He's got some really great and terrifying stories about people, about himself, uh, picturing himself as as being able to be a Nazi. And if you don't see that in yourself, then and like we can appropriate that as well. Like, hey, you
0: are wicked. There is there is evil inside you, right? So in other words, he recognizes the capability for malevolence as exactly. he puts it in the human heart yeah he's sure. not saying that he is a nazi well, of course. yeah just yeah, to for anyone who might have one wanted right. to jump on right that. but
1: that we're full of this this malevolence um each of us has it and so he he ought to know that hey look you're not you're not cleaning yourself up and someone who has read the bible as he has man it, it's pretty perspicuous it's pretty clear right mm-hmm. um the gospel message isn't isn't hidden in archetypes in the Bible, it's right there
0: for a child to see, right. uh, and the philosopher and the psychologist mm-hmm. to see. Right? It's like we were talking about last time, where even a child can come to Jesus in faith, and that's right. a beautiful thing. And we ought to, we ought to promote that. We ought not to hinder that at all. But if a child can understand it, right. it's like sometimes our thinking gets in the way. Sure. And our and our desire for morality. I mean, how many times, Parker, have you and I? gotten caught up on our own sin, right. and we feel so condemned, we feel, oh, God could never accept me, God will never, yeah. I'll, he'll never approve of me again, I'm not even worthy to be his slave, and yet Jesus comes to us in scripture and says, if you're heavy burdened, come to me, right. I will give you rest. Uh, well, Romans 5.8 says, while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his own love for us in this, Christ died for us. Not while we had our acts together. Not while we were living perfectly for God. But the gospel is that Jesus loves sinners. Right. And Peterson doesn't yet seem to understand that. Right. So where does this leave us as Christians? Thinking about Peterson and thinking about the good things that he's doing, all that meat, as opposed to the bones, those good ideas that we can accept. Where does this leave us? Because the Bible does say do not be unequally yoked what fellowship does light have with darkness peterson by his own words this is not our opinion we're not judging him based on our standards but by his own words he is not yet part of the kingdom of light the kingdom of christ which would mean that he's still in the dark which now forces us to ask the question what kind of partnerships can guys like us have with guys like him if any yeah yeah And so again, man, I, I still think
1: there's, there's plenty of meat to eat. Um, and there's still plenty of bones to, to spit. But I think, you know, first and foremost, uh, lest we get caught in, in intellectual dialogue and and rigorous thought, uh, we shouldn't forget to pray for the man, right? Like he is under attack from a lot of, uh, common enemies that we have, uh, enemies to truth. And, um, He's he's a man. He's a he's a sinner, and he needs the gospel just like the rest of us do. Right? How awesome would it be to see him repent of his sins and say, "Hey, you know what? I I didn't quite get this, but the Holy Spirit has, has woke me up and illumined my mind, mm-hmm. and I believe." How awesome would it be to see him give a talk on why he believes in Christianity, why he actually puts his trust and his faith mm-hmm. in the living Christ, mm-hmm. right? In the, in the eternal Logos right. who. Became man in Christ Jesus, yeah, uh, truly man, truly God, and why he trusted him for his forgiveness of sins. So I want to see that.
0: That would be, be awesome, man. And totally. I need to
1: remind myself as I keep working on this paper um, that yeah, I need to be praying for him as well, uh, praying for him as a man, praying for him uh, as a thinker, but also praying for him and and asking God to continue leading him
0: uh, to Himself. Amen. Because God can do that, right? Jordan Peterson, there was. He reminds me of the man who came to Jesus and was speaking to Jesus about morality and things like that. And Jesus told him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Mm. Now, there's kind of a double meaning there because Jesus is standing in front of this guy (laughs) and Jesus is the embodiment of the kingdom of God. He's the king of the kingdom of God. Wouldn't it be amazing to see Jordan Peterson, who in many ways seems like he's not far from the kingdom of God, to fully enter in to the kingdom of God through faith in Christ. So, Parker... Let's put a bow on this. How should we as Christians think about Jordan Peterson? How can we use his work to further our own gospel work?
1: Yeah, and so um, there's there's a couple different ways we can eat the meat and spit the bones, like we've already mentioned. Um, He's he's a great example for how to handle um, hostile conversations. Right? You can look up some of his interviews with Kathy Newman is a great example, uh, where. Where you can see, hey, this is how you represent yourself, right? <laughs> was, under under yeah. hostile pressure. You know? Hostile pressure. She keeps turning his words, and so you're saying, right? And so he, you're saying, and he responds so well, and so man, that's a that's a great example for us uh, when people are attacking us to to respond
0: in gracious ways. Okay, now here's the thing about that too, though. There's this expression you mentioned it earlier before we recorded, but stealing from the Egyptians, right? Plundering Plundering the Egyptians. And that alludes back to the fact that when the Israelites were leaving their slavery in Egypt, Mm -hmm. they took the Egyptians' gold and treasures. Because the Egyptians, God gave the Egyptians favor towards the Israelites. And they gave them all these gifts. And so as they left Egypt, they, quote unquote, plundered the Egyptians. Right. And that's
1: an expression that uh, Augustine uses and passes it all the way down to Dr. Van Hooser, who I... Have plundered.
0: Yeah, and 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 uh, Dr. Van Hooser, who was my professor first.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah before you had that's him. Great, that's great. So and now I'm plundering you as well. Yeah. Now he's my professor. And, yes.
0: Okay. Okay. So all that being said, we can we can take his ideas and run with them. But this idea of answering people in a gracious way when they're opposing you, you know, Jordan Peterson is not the first right. person to come up with that. Uh, that would the perfect example of that, of course, would be Jesus Christ. Right. When he was on trial, when he was being reviled, he didn't even open his mouth. He was silent, like a lamb being led to the slaughter. Right. And so you just see this amazing confidence in the in the person of Christ, where he can just stand there and take these insults of these ignorant accusers who are trying to smear him, and Jesus just stone-faced, right. just does not. Retaliate. I mean, that's the ultimate picture. Yeah. So Peterson, in the extent that he gets that right, he's actually he's plundering really from our Bible. Yeah, yeah. And he's and does it very well. It's a great example. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: another thing that we we had talked about earlier is that uh, he's raising a lot of cool and interesting views of different takes on the Bible, uh, different takes on society, manhood, womanhood, um, even archetypes. Right. So these are things that Christians ought to be responding to as well. And so he's a really great conversation partner. Uh, and and we need to be thoroughly biblical in our responses to things he brings up and to the same things that he's interacting with.
0: So we can take his ideas as a jumping off point right. and springboard into conversations that we're going to approach from a thoroughly biblical uh, worldview, one that he would call fundamentalist, right. but that we would just call, you know, biblical Christian, or Christian. Yeah. Right. yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and you've done this. Right. And a, and a third way, uh, what you're alluding to right now, is that um, knowing a little bit about Jordan Peterson can go a long way. And so when I'm on campus with guys, I'm trying to meet with them, trying to disciple them, trying to teach them about Christian faith that they're already professing or about the Christian faith that they don't know or they're rejecting. Um, knowing a little bit about Peterson goes a long way. They'll say, well, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I kind of believe what Jordan Peterson believes. And they don't really expect you to know that. And if you do that kind of buys you a little bit of credibility with them. And they're willing to meet up and say, hey, look, you're not just this closed-minded bigot, uh, fundamentalist who only reads the Bible and nothing else. Like, yeah, you're kind of informed. Mm-hmm. And, and you can talk about
0: these things with me. Yeah, and that's when you can Jesus-juke them, because then they... Yeah. they uh, Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> Surprise, I do believe the Bible. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I right. apply it to all areas of my life. Yeah, yeah. And you
1: should too. Right, and so overall, man, I've, I've seen Jordan Peterson as a huge blessing um, one thing that, that it's not very uh, easy to put a, a bow on is Jesus says, "If you're not with me, you're against me. If you're not uh, for me, you're against me. Right? Uh, if you don't uh, gather, gather with me, scatters. scatters. Right? Yeah. And so I haven't heard a ton of Christians with that perspective or engaging with that idea with Peterson, and and we're not even doing it today. But it's something that we need to continue thinking on, and, and Lord willing. Um, I'll have a more informed opinion on that and I'll be able to answer that with more uh, surety and clarity at, at a later time when I'm done with this paper, hopefully.
0: Right, and if we're going to be good Biblicists, good Christians, approaching everything with a biblical worldview, we have to acknowledge the fact that if you take Jordan Peterson's views on God and what it means to be a good person and what it means to have a right relationship with the God that he doesn't even say he fully believes in, that that will not save you. Sure, And so you will ultimately his ideas and i'm going to be very blunt here his ideas are damnable if you approach them as ideas that you want to save your soul right they will not make you right with god right and i don't say this to to rip on the man because again i've gotten a ton of value we like this guy we like him we want him to be saved but we want him to adopt the biblical way of thinking about things we want him to believe in the gospel right and And that's i think that's what we would tell him exactly
1: exactly and and um and while we find his ideas intriguing and great jumping off points and great conversation starters, mm-hmm. again, like you said, man, I I would like to lead people towards a biblical
0: Christianity. Right. So,
1: so I do that. And I don't try to leave people in, in Petersonianism.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. that's good. And we can be grateful to God right. that Jordan Peterson is out there yeah. and that he is tilling up the soil for us to come along and sow the gospel seed. Right, right. And we just have to remember that... In the grander sense of things, we are not playing on the same team. Right. Although he might not be that far off. Sure. Yeah. So I think that's a a, a great place to to wrap it up.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. He's coming out with a new book soon, so maybe we can have another conversation about that. We'll Love see.
0: it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, Parker, uh, always good to have you as a guest on my podcast. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. Thank you. And
1: equally, as a co-founder uh, of this podcast, Right,
0: uh, thanks for being my guest. You're, you're welcome. And you'll get a participation trophy. Um, I think that's going to come in the mail. As that's a millennial, great. I know how much you value that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, fantastic. Uh, clean your room. <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah. going to <just> say that. <laughs> Stand up straight with your shoulders back. Uh, that's good. All right. Look to the lobsters. We didn't talk about the lobsters. That's fine. They can research that. Uh, do a Google search for Jordan Peterson. They're all right.
1: Our, our people know.
0: Our people don't know. We don't have people. Yeah. Well,
1: our people will die from lack, lack of, of lobsters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. This has been the Sons of Thunder, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more great content, other episodes of Sons of Thunder, other episodes of the Think Podcast, go to truthinconversation.com. Also, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast. Do yourself a favor. Do yourself the best favor you're going to do for yourself today. Unless you're not a Christian, then repent and believe in Jesus. That's the best thing you can do. Second best thing right now is to subscribe. And then after you subscri- subscribe, then you want to give us a uh then you want to give us a five-star rating and an honest review. Only if you liked it. If you didn't like it, don't shoot, be honest. Don't <laughs> lie to our faces. Yeah. And then write me an email at thethink.institute at gmail.com. I will answer that email and uh, and we can talk. Also, if you have some suggestions on what Parker and I should discuss, shoot me an email, write me a comment, find me on social media. Uh, we want to know we because, uh, you know, we want to know what you're thinking about so we can help you think about it in a biblical way. Parker, anything else? Nope, that's it. Okay, hope it left you thunderstruck. <laughs> hope it burned you up.